I don't plan on being on here long. Just want to throw my two cents into the conversation. So black YouTube, black YouTube, this place is, this place is just turning into a complete train wreck out in these streets, man. People getting doxxed all over the place, beef popping up every other video, just nonstop ratchetness galore out in these streets, man. And I'm starting to wonder, is it even really worth it to even create content in this space anymore? At least as far as I'm concerned, because, um, you know, my other channel, it's like you go to my other you go to my tech channel. It's like it's like all peaches and cream over there. It's like everybody's all happy and friendly. Y'all know, y'all know, it's like 90, I want to say probably about a good solid 95% of my videos over there got nothing but thumbs up. Like I hardly ever get any thumbs down on that video. I know somebody's going to go over there and start thumbing down my videos, but whatever. The, the, the whole point I'm, I'm trying to get to is this, right? So I came to, I came to black YouTube probably like five years ago or something like that. And, you know, I started. I started, uh, I participated in my fair share of the ratchetness. I've had two channels deleted, in case, y'all, in case you guys didn't know. So I'm like a, I'm a legit OG out here in these black YouTube streets, right? I've lost two channels, had them completely taken down and had to start from scratch with this channel right here to build it up to where it's currently at. And so this channel, I don't really have like any solid plans for it, but it's like the more, the longer I go and the more I watch black YouTube, it's like I'm almost tempted to delete this channel and just remove myself from black YouTube altogether and just, and just focus on the white folks out there. Because <laughs> the white folks, white YouTube, which is basically the greater YouTube, I don't be seeing none of these problems out there. When I'm subscribed to like all my white channels, all my Hispanic channels, all my black YouTubers who don't who don't make content for the black YouTube space, it's like it's like just just peacefulness and tranquility over there. You go watch your videos, you get your laugh on, you learn something, you do whatever and you know what? That that's pretty much it. You hang it up and then come back around when it's time for the next video. You know what I'm saying? Over here in black YouTube, it's just like it's like a it's like a jungle or a madhouse over here with everybody just throwing bananas and 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 just all kind of crazy stuff at each other every chance they get. And now I find myself wondering, what am I even doing in this space now? You know what I'm saying? Like, what, what am I actually doing over here? I don't even know what the purpose is anymore. You know, I was trying to, I was trying to go down, make, you know, just focusing on news stories. I was like, all right, let me just focus on the news. But even when I read the news in relation to black topics in black society, I get depressed reading the news. I'm like, I'm like, man. I can't really find nothing positive in the news to talk about. It's always 
just some some rat. You know, shout out to my man Akatunde Nation. I don't know how this brother does it. This brother got like over thirty thousand subs. He does the news every single night. He reports on Blackistan and all the chaos. I don't know how this brother does it. How he keeps his sanity and continues to pump out these videos. At he probably pumps out about a good three or four videos a day just reporting on the conditions of black society. I'm just like, I get depressed when I look at this crap. I'm, I'm not even going to front. I think it's starting to affect my mental health, just how damaged and, and, and out of control black society is, man. And then you come online and it's just like, Oh Jesus, it's, it's over here in the, in the YouTube space too. And then I see sprinkles, sprinkles of this in um on on my Facebook timeline, and I definitely see it on Twitter. It's getting to the point where I'm like, I th- I I sit around and contemplate just deleting all my social medias, <laughs> and just focusing on the one thing that's actually making me money that brings me uh that brings me peace and tranquility. You know what I'm saying? The Tech G space, because the Tech G space, that channel is growing. I'm probably averaging like 20 to 30 subscribers a day over there. My views are going up, which means my money is going up. I'm getting more direct sales off my website to where I'm averaging close to about $100 a day that I'm making off that site. Um, I'm just like, why don't I just put all my energy into Tech G, man, and just leave Black YouTube alone? Because I don't even really see what the benefit I get from it. I don't really make any money off this channel. Um, I, I mean, I really don't. Um, the subscribers aren't going up. I don't really have the energy to really talk about black news stories all the time. I don't have the energy to just, the mental energy to just engage in a full-blown ratchetness. I mean, I had that energy a couple years ago. I, I just don't have it anymore. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't know what changed. But I, I just don't really have it. I'm like, I'm damn near running on E over here with um, trying to maintain a presence in black YouTube when I really don't have to. You know what I'm saying? Like, I go to Tech G's channel. I can drop one or two videos a month and my subscriber base will still go up and people will still be banging out in the comments, leaving me messages. Matter of fact, there's this brother named Dark Keith today. He started off learning, black dude, started off learning IT. I think he's subbed to this channel as well. But he started off learning IT because of me. And he just sent me a message today talking about how he got his first IT job. I was like, I almost had to share the man. I was like, oh, oh. So he went out there, passed his A-plus certification about a month ago. And then he landed his first IT job. And I'm the reason for it, at least introducing him to IT. I didn't help him with the job interview, but I taught him the skill sets to get qualified to get that cert, which was a prerequisite to getting that job. So I think about that stuff, man. I'm just like, what am I doing over here? What, why am I in black YouTube? I'm sitting here watching people dox each other. They bringing up criminal records and people calling each other all kind of crazy names and I'm just like, oh man, is this is this is this really what I want to be associated with? You know what I'm saying? You know, I've tried to come over here to this space 
I've tried to change, you know, some of y'all been rocking me, rocking with me for quite a few years. So y'all know when I started off doing just strictly podcasts back in like 2014, some of y'all been around since then. So y'all know how my content used to be. And I believe I, I would like to say that I've toned down quite a bit over the years. I'm no longer nowhere near, at least I believe so. I'm nowhere, no, I'm nowhere near as ratchet and reckless as I used to be. I think I really learned my lesson after my first two channels got deleted. I started toning down my rhetoric. But um, anyways, as of lately, pretty sure y'all noticed this year, I've kind of tried to chill out on the profanity, even though I still curse, but I don't really try to go overboard with it. But um, in addition to that, I've tried to sprinkle in some optimism, uh, at least from the standpoint of, you know, you don't have to sit here and pretend to be a forever victim. You don't have to sit here and engage in nonstop gender wars. Like, you can, you can really go out there and change things in your life if you really want to, assuming, you know, under the you know assuming that you put in honest legit work so i've tried to throw that into the mix but i don't think that's really resonating in this space you know what i'm saying and i know i hear a lot of brothers talk about it we've tried to promote positivity uplifting brothers but you know i don't know if that i listen i know people sprinkle that in there but i don't really know how relevant that is actually to this space man and, you know, because I was I was watching some video the other day. It was O'Shea did an interview with some dude. Well, some dude was interviewing o O'Shea, this dude called The Mic Drop or something. I think that's the name of his channel, right? So he was interviewing O'Shea. And O'Shea was O'Shea had made this comment talking about how much money he made. And he don't pretty he, he'll never have to get a job if he doesn't want to. Right. And I was just sitting there thinking about it. Yeah, that brother has made a lot of money. And this ain't nothing against O'Shea or nothing like that. But. I was just like kind of examining the content that makes him the, the most money. And I'm just like, I don't think it's like really useful content <laughs> outside of entertainment value. Like I say, this ain't no shade, but you know, he is one of the biggest content creators in this space. And then you see a lot of people try to follow the, the template he's laid and Kevin Samuels has laid. And so when I think about the template that they have created to make them successful on YouTube, and then I see others who are way smaller trying to duplicate it. It's just like, is this really the path to becoming successful in black YouTube is to engage in nonstop ignorance and ratchetness or just whatever. And like I said, this ain't no shade to anybody. You know, I'm just, I'm just speaking in general, but you know, if this is the path, I'm like, I don't know if this is really the path for me. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. So, you know, like I guess I just think about it. I, obviously, I haven't deleted my channel, but I'm just like, I think I'm just getting mentally worn out. <laughs> I'm getting mentally worn down and I'm just I just be looking at black society. I'm just like, is it time to throw in the towel? I mean, just, you know, and you know, we've all had these conversations before where people be like uh, the community. It's over throwing the towel and for the longest. I've been I've been hanging on for the longest. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. Now I'm like, uh, is, is it time to really throw in the towel, man, and just accept that this is just the damage is just, you know, it's it's just too it's too far gone, man. I don't I don't know if there's any salvation you can really do to people because I don't know if people really want salvage. I don't know if people really want to move beyond the ignorance and the ratchetness. You know what I'm saying? To actually 
focus on things that you can actually apply in your real life to get yourself moving in a hopefully towards a better position in life. I, I don't really know if that's at least that's the vibes I get. I could be totally wrong. I don't know. But, you know, it, these are just some of the thoughts I've had today. Tomorrow, I'll probably come on here and talk about some ratchet crap. My damn self. Who knows? But at this present juncture, these are just some of the thoughts I've been thinking about over the past two days. Like, like what am I doing here? Why, why am I here in this space? You know what I'm saying? Why am I in this space? What what value am I actually adding to this space that some black person out there could utilize in their life? You know, other than IT, but I'm talking about as it directly relates to black the black content because the IT content I create that's not black content, white content. That's just everybody content, but specifically the black content. I even struggle to figure out, man, what value am I actually offering people? <laughs> what value am I getting out of this thing? You know what I'm saying? So, you know, that's kind of where I'm at today. I probably feel totally different by the weekend, but, you know, that, that's just kind of where I'm at today with it, man. So that's part of the reason why I really haven't been making videos. Um, I think I made one a couple of days ago, but uh, I don't know, man. I'm just getting I'm getting mentally drained by the by the by the nonstop. Yeah. And the BS just seems to be ratcheting up to a, a whole other level that I don't even really want to be associated with like that. Not for fear of somebody doxing me or exposing me because I ain't got nothing crazy in my background. But it's just I just look at this stuff. I'm like, like, why, why, why is this even going on? Like, how come people can't just make their content and go about their business? Like, like, what, what is this? What is this crap people are doing? You know what I'm saying? I just don't understand it. I just don't get it. But, you know, whatever. I don't know. Uh, let me see. I ain't even looking at the comment section. My bad. I'm over here running my mouth, looking off into space. Uh, what is this guy saying? What is this? It's concluded all black men want to do is cry about black women not submitting and talking about traveling a thousand miles to have sex. Look, do what you do. You know what I'm saying? I mean, if brothers want to listen, I'm not I'm not going to be here policing people's sexual activities or whatever. Um, You know, I, I, hear, I hear what people are saying and I, I I try to understand the reasons, but that's not my life. You know what I'm saying? I personally don't feel the need to do all that. Well, one, because I'm married, but two, even, even before I was married, I didn't really feel the need to do that. Because I didn't really have this disdain towards black women like like I've never really had this disdain like that towards. I mean, yes, there are things about everybody, every group of people that kind of irks you, but it's never been to the point where I'm just like, ah, they just they just can't be repaired. I'm like, I take everybody on an individual basis, man. I try not to lump everybody into a a, a category even though i do say black society a lot but <laughs> but I, you know in real real talk i try not to go above and beyond lumping everybody into one category i really do believe in measuring or evaluating people based off of you know their individual personalities and things of that nature so but you know if others want to do it because they're dissatisfied with the selection and they feel like they can get a better selection overseas and more power to them um you know just be safe out there in the streets i guess i don't know you love the jokes and the drama. Stop the cap. You love the jokes and the drama. That's why you come to my channel. 
Um, don't give up. Yeah, I mean, I'm not giving up. This is how I feel right now. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, like I say, I'm I'm getting a headache over here. <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out how much lower can some, some of this stuff go in black YouTube. You know, I, like I said, I think about the youngins. I think about the babies. You, know, you got some little 15-year-old out there like Psycho Candy when he was 12 years old watching this. I'd be like, I'd be like, what are these young people thinking? You know, I'm not concerned about what white folks be thinking and everybody else. You know, some people be like, oh, man, you're putting up business out there for the white people's. Like, listen, who cares? I'd be thinking about how this impacts young people that be listening to this stuff, man, and, and how they're going, how their reality is going to be molded and shaped by these conversations. And sometimes I'd be just shaking my head like, man, whew, we got some rough years ahead of us. <laughs> Black society has some rough years ahead of it. If this is the best that we got to offer out in these streets. You know what I mean? Shout out to uh, K Podcast. He says, oh, you have Tech G. Oh, you have Tech. I think you meant to say you have Tech G. Um, black people do drain your energy. Yeah, Vic. You're one of them, Vic. Vic, you be coming over here with your woe is me tears every five seconds, just draining the life out of me. But, you know, it's all good, man. I'm the reason you learned JavaScript. All right. Well, there it is. See, I, I, my, I, I can shed some man tears now. See, I'm over here motivating people one person at a time. Ah. <laughs> uh, for the fried chicken and white women. I had some fried chicken tonight. Well, I have some baked chicken and some fried chicken. You know, that's another thing, man. That's probably why I'm not going to be live streaming. I'm actually trying to take this weight loss, exercise, eat right thing somewhat seriously. I just got back from uh, going on a, a mile run. I ain't ran a mile in forever. About damn near fell out and died out there. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to get right with my body out in these streets. I was even thinking about creating another YouTube channel, tracking my uh, weight loss journey. Cause I'll be watching some of these other weight loss channels, man. Let me tell y'all, they be they, them channels be booming. <laughs> they be booming. I'm like, I need to get some of that booming action over there. Cause you know, you know, listen, there, there's just so much more to YouTube than black YouTube. I know a lot of people want to make it big in black YouTube, but it just seems like the only way you can truly make it big is you got to be willing to go above and beyond with the ignorance and the ratchetness. And I just can't really do that. That's not my personality. I mean, yes, like somebody said, you like to watch it. Yes, I can watch it every now and then, but I personally can't take it to the levels that you have to take it to in order to get your channel booming to where you're making real money. Um, to, when I say real money, I'm talking about money that you could potentially quit your job and do this full time type of money. I can't do that. I mean, I can, but it's not, I, I don't, I don't want to do it. And like I say, I, I just don't, God, I just, I just can't do it. You know what I'm saying? But it seems like that's the only way you can be successful in black YouTube. You have to be willing to, to, to step up the ratchetness to a whole other level to the point where you're out here threatening people. I mean, y'all know what goes on in this space, man. Me personally, I can't do it. You know what I'm saying? I, I just, it's just too much for me. You know what I mean? But 
you guys got to remember there's more to YouTube than black YouTube, man. You can, you know, for those of you who want to be content creators, or if you are a content creator, y'all know I've told y'all a million times, you can have your little happy hour ratchet channel like the G Dizzle channel. But I highly encourage you all to not uh, put all your bets on your happy hour ratchet black YouTube channel blowing up like like O'Shea or Kevin Samuels because the odds are highly stacked against you unless you're willing to go out there and just turn up the ratchet meter to the max and beyond, then you might have somewhat of a chance. And then you got to go extra hard with the with the gender war stuff and extra hard with the with the pro black babble whining about white people stuff if 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 you're if you're cool with doing that you might have a slight chance of making it (laughs) you might make it to twenty thousand subscribers you know what i'm saying um but you got a you got a serious struggle if you're trying to break that six-figure mark and beyond i don't know how that's going to work but like I say, if you are a content creator, you want to get it popping on YouTube and make some serious cheese to where you can possibly have a remote chance of replacing your income. I highly encourage you to create a channel that has nothing to do with black YouTube and create a channel around something that isn't just relegated to black ratchetness. I highly encourage you to do it because the way my other channel is growing, I predict, I predict in the next three or four years, it will break a hundred thousand subscribers. That's, that's what I'm predicting. (laughs) So, um, but it's content that benefits everybody. And I know some people want to make all their money off black folks. I'm, I'm a fan of making my money off of everybody (laughs) because white folks spend money too. Y'all know most of my money from tech G comes from white people over there, white folks, Hispanic folks. And I appreciate every last one of them. You know what I'm saying? They be out there telling me stuff. I got people that be leaving me comments on that channel. They be telling me I'm better than some of the biggest content creators in that particular lane that uh, that of content that I create. And like, there's this one particular content creator who does exactly what I do. He's been doing this for about uh, 13 years on YouTube. This dude got half a million subscribers, right? I've only been creating content since March 2020 on that channel, and I've gotten uh, quite a few comments from people who have somewhat abandoned him to come to come entertain me you know what i'm saying and put money in my pocket because they say my stuff is so much better than his which you know it is but you know i'm not i'm not one to pat myself on the back but i'm just saying but um the point is this you can get paid out in these streets man um black youtube you're not really going to make a lot of money unless you're willing to turn that ratchet meter up to the max and then you got to go beyond the max if you're comfortable with doing that by all means doing it but i just think you gotta you gotta weigh you gotta seriously evaluate the pros and cons of this like what are you actually willing to give up and and or sacrifice in order to become the next king and queen of black youtube like as far as your reputation goes professional personal all this other crap you know what i'm saying yeah professor messer gray fox that's exactly what i'm talking about that's that's the king of that that particular lane I create content in. And I have people that leave me comments all the time telling me my stuff's better than his, which it is. But, I, you know, I'm not one to pat myself on the back, but whatever. But um, but you got to think about these things, man. And my point, my message to you all is, is that what you really want to do? 
I mean, if that's what you want to do, then by all means, handle your business. I'm not one here to tell you what to do and not to do. But I just think if you want to be a content creator, there are just so many other ways you can go out there and make money and get it popping out in these streets and create full-blown businesses that doesn't just strictly have to cater to black folks. Um, you, can, you, you can go out there and sell to white. White people got money, too. Hispanics and Asians, they got money, too. You know what I'm saying? Like, all money's green at the end of the day. Don't do real talk videos if you want to make waves in black YouTube. Hell, even the go uh, save yourself black men and kickback videos don't cut it anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, Clutch is right. You know what I'm saying? You got you got to go. You got to go above and beyond, man. It's it's getting to the point where. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's we, 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 we on some we on a whole nother level with the ratchetness. But my thing is. Um, you got to go out there. My thing is, if you want to be a content creator, listen, there's so much more money out there than just black YouTube. Yes, we see the Kevin Samuels and the O'Shea's. They're getting it, right? And much much respect to them. And others, there are others that are getting it too. But I just think the way they had to build to get to that point, I'm not, me, I, I personally not comfortable with doing that. You know what I'm saying? Not for fear of, oh, my job. I ain't, I ain't in fear of that. It's just, I, I I personally don't want to build my name that way. I mean, I thought I did at one point when I first came to YouTube, but then after I lost two channels, I was like, I don't know if that's what I really want to do. <laughs> but then when I started making content on the other channel, I was like, shit, this is so much easier. I ain't even got to go live over there. I go live like once every blue moon. I record videos whenever the hell I feel like it. Throw them shits up there. People watch them. I got my videos from a year ago. They 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 make me the most. The videos I recorded a year ago on that channel make me the most money off that channel. And um, it's evergreen content. White folks love it. Hispanics, blacks, whoever, everybody be over there loving it, man. And uh, you know they and they be and they be loving it by not just subbing, but they be loving it by opening up their wallets to me. So you know that's something for y'all to think about, man. It's it's just a whole. YouTube is a big ocean, B. YouTube is like the Pacific Ocean. Well, hell, it, YouTube is like the Pacific Ocean, the Indian Ocean, the Atlantic. All the oceans just just into one giant ocean. And Black YouTube is like it's like some little pond in, in somebody's neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? And, and everybody's trying to figure out how to be the big fish of this pond. And you got to get real ratchet and greasy out here. And I'm just like, man, but there's so much more money out there in that damn ocean where you ain't got to really take, get ratchet and greasy. You could just kind of niche down on a certain topic or whatever. And everybody in their mama watch it. You know what I mean? Like there's just one black chick I watch on YouTube. She has a cooking channel. Let's see if I can find her channel. Um, she be in there. She be in there cooking up all this, this food, this soul food that I shouldn't be eating, but I just love, I love watching her videos, man. Um, some cooking with some what is this chick's name i was just telling my wife about her the other day because you know my wife was in the kitchen like we got this we got this nice looking kitchen right um some of y'all seen my house and you know i was like all right well, we, we're still in the pro you know i've been living in this house for like two years and we're still in here you know decorating the house and all this other crap it's like a slow motion process for when you buy a house you know i just i just kind of take my time getting it to my particular liking 
But anyways, I was telling my wife, I was like, look, we got this nice kitchen. Or even in my mother's house, my mother got a banging ass. My mother's kitchen is way more. Uh, you think my kitchen is nice. You should see my mama's kitchen. My mama's kitchen look like look like it needs to be on television. Like that's her nice, how nice and fly her shit is, right? Oh, yeah, it's a chick named In the Kitchen with Gina Young, this black woman, right? She been here throwing down, man. She got like 850,000 subscribers. This little black chick being there just whipping up all these doggone recipes. I be like, so I was telling my wife, I'm like, man, we need to get you a channel popping up in here. So my wife being there throwing down. She be cook. I be like, man, shoot, we need to, we need to set up a camera, get you a channel popping. And you ain't even got to sell no damn food. You can just sell, you can just make money off AdSense and sell recipes off online and be like this chick, Gina, what's her name? G in the kitchen with Gina Young. I think that's her name. Is that it? Gina Young. And be getting it out in these streets. And probably, you know, you put in enough time and effort, replace your damn income from your job, and you could be at home just, just doing the damn thing. You know what I mean? So, you know, I'm sitting around here thinking about all these different ideas because it's just. It's just so much more going on on YouTube than black YouTube. Oh, yeah, Gina, Gina Young's that, that chick, man. There's this other black female I sub to out of Atlanta. She makes um, black vegan soul food, right? And I bought her doggone recipe book off of uh, Amazon about a year ago. And, and the recipes is kind of slapping off the meals I've made. What's her name? What is her name? Um, I be subbing all these people, but I just watch their videos and they, the food looks so good. I'll buy that damn recipe book. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Sweet potato soul. That's this one woman's name. She got 675,000 subscribers. She's out of Atlanta. Uh, sweet potato soul, all one word, but she makes these vegan soul food recipes and I bought her book. I think I paid like 20 bucks for this thing or something like that. Like I say, the little recipes I made, they, they was uh they was slapping. It was worth all the money. But I'm saying all this to say, you know, I look at some of these black content creators that don't make black YouTube content. They got it popping. A lot of them got it popping. I mean, it's a lot that don't, but it's a lot that do get it popping because they just make they just make content about whatever it is they're doing, and they just they don't, to my knowledge, they ain't out here engaging in the ratchetness and the beef. They're just focusing on the content they make. And then it, it attracts a wide audience. You know what I'm saying? And so, like I said, I think about this YouTube thing and everybody's talking about business, business, business. And that's cool. I mean, y'all know I did a video a couple of days ago telling y'all what to do to get a business started. Uh, go get you a website, get you an LLC, get you an EIN number, get you a bank account. And if you need to go trademark some stuff, and I can tell you how to do that. I got stuff. I got stuff that I filed for trademarks a couple of weeks ago. Uh, cost me $1,200 to file two trademarks. And I just, matter of fact, I just got off the phone with the lawyers about four days ago. So if y'all want to know how long the process takes. So, uh, so I just spoke to, so I, I spoke to a lawyer about four days ago for my trademarks. He was telling me it's going to take me anywhere up to six months to a year for my trademarks to be approved. And he was like, that's just standard right now because everybody and their mama got a dog on trademark. They filing trademarks. But, um, you know, that, that's what it is. I went through LegalZoom, in case y'all were wondering. Um, there are ways you can do it yourself, but I was like, the hell with that. I'm going to pay a lawyer. 
What's the link to that video? I don't know. Let me find it. I'm like, um, hold on. It was to be honest with you. But it's, it's really not a hard process, man. Um, setting up a business, setting up an LLC. I say it's cool to say those terms. Oh, wrong channel. Cool to say those terms, but you know, good luck on people actually going out there and doing it. I mean, you know, some will, but uh, oh, here it is, right here. Hold up, let me share my screen. Give me a second. Um, hold on. Give me a second. Uh, hold up, I got to move some windows around. One second. All right, here we go. Uh, it's right here. Uh, Black Manosphere trademarks and business practices. That video I did like two weeks ago. Remember when everybody was talking about that dude that trademarked Black Manosphere? And then, you know, like about two weeks, two or three weeks before that, people were telling me I need to go trademark my logo. So I trademarked my logo. I learned some things about trademarks I didn't know. Um, you know, being that, uh, my name Tech G. So let me let me tell y'all what I learned. Hold on. So you see my logo right here. I had to file two trademarks for this: one for the actual logo, and one for the actual name. And then I had to then I had to submit some documentation. Uh, uh, the form is called, but it was some form that I had to submit that states that my trademark is actually attached to my physical body, meaning G is my nickname. So I had to submit a form stating that this trademark is actually linked to a living, breathing person. So that was something the lawyers told me about. So uh, anyways, they got to some other legal, legal mumbo jumbo. I didn't halfway understand, but uh, you know, so you know, in case you guys want to go out there and trademark some stuff, it's going to take you about a good year to get it uh, pushed through. And you're probably going to spend, if you go through a lawyer, you're probably spending anywhere between 600 probably about $600, depending upon how many trademarks you do. And I had to do two, so it cost me $1,200. And I paid for this out of my money that I've been making off of this business. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I don't think LegalZoom's a ripoff. Um, it, it seems to be working for me. <laughs> it was ex it was extremely easy. I hit a couple buttons. They called me. They was like, we'll handle the rest. I was like, I right, do what you do. Because I'm not going to go out there and research all this crap, looking through databases, trying to figure out if anybody has my logo and blah, blah, man, screw all that. That's what the, that's what the lawyers are for. I pay them to do that work. I'll just keep making videos. You know what I mean? But, you know, if if uh, if you want to go that route, doing it on your own, by all means, having your business, I mean, you'll save money. I mean, you'll save money doing anything on your own. I mean, you're going to always have to pay a little premium if you hire somebody else to do it for you. I mean, that's kind of how it goes, right? Like you can save a ton of money working on your own car or you're going to go ahead and pay that premium to have a mechanic do it. You know what I mean? Same principle. I'd just rather pay the money for, to the lawyer because that, that's what that's their job. You know what I mean? So it is what it is. So, uh, you know, that's that's pretty much that. Um, like I say, this is how I feel today. I probably feel different tomorrow. <laughs> but 
real talk. Uh oh, what was that? Oh, but real talk, I do want to get into. I do want to shift my my uh, topics to more positive, constructive stuff that I think you, uh, the Negro delegation, could benefit from. Well, you know, y'all can still go out there and get your ratchetness, and I'll probably be tuning in from the clouds, listening as well. But I think I've moved. I think I think I'm kind of evolving to this point where I think I want I want to create more positive, useful content that maybe some of y'all can use. Because you know, like I said, there's still a part of me that doesn't just want to totally give up and abandon the black YouTube space. Because I could, I can go out there and abandon black YouTube and just focus on my tech channel. And to go out there and create this other channel that I want to do, and I guarantee those channels will blow up. And when I say blow up, they'll they'll blow up to eventually fifty thousand subscribers <laughs> or more. You know what I'm saying? Because I kind of know. I'm not going to say I know the formula, but I've kind of figured out a couple things being on YouTube for quite a few years now as to how things should work when you kind of specialize in a certain topic and you niche down, but I haven't figured out how to duplicate that in this space because I'm not willing to be super ratchet. You know what I'm saying? And look, this ain't no knock against anybody. I'm not saying anybody's ratchet, whatever, whatever. I ain't trying to, I'm just, I'm just saying that based off of what I see, if you want to be a so-called superstar in this small pond called black YouTube, you got to be willing to go above and beyond to be, to, to do the most, to be extra hood, extra ratchet, just extra and that that's not in me I, I i ain't got it in me now if you had caught me about 10 15 years ago maybe but at this point in my life i'm trying to chill b why didn't i use i mean what do you mean so let, let me explain this again um i could have went through the so the uspto that stands for the united states patent trademark office i could have did that but i paid a lawyer to do it for me <laughs> that the lawyers are going to go through the site and do all that for me. I pay the lawyer to do it for me, man. I'm not, I ain't got time to be doing all that crap. If you got the time to go through and research all the trademarks to see if hopefully your trademark isn't infringing upon somebody else's trademark and you get, I mean, you got the time and the energy to do that. Then by all means, handle your business. I pay a lawyer to do that. So that's what I did. I chose to pay a lawyer because that's what they spent. I pay the trademark lawyer. That's what they specialize in. They'll handle it for me. I'll just pay the premium price and and go about going about the business of doing other things to hopefully generate me more money off my my website. You know what I'm saying? That's why. You know, it's like it's like fixing cars. I gave this example about five minutes ago. I'm not about to be out there fixing cars. I mean, I can do basic things on the car, but you want me to start messing with the engine and doing all this crap? I'd rather just go pay some pay a mechanic. That's what they specialize in. I ain't about to be sitting out here watching YouTube videos, learning how to do this, learning how to do that. I ain't doing it, B. I'd rather be doing something else, like making IT videos. <laughs> so that's why I didn't do it, man. Um, so you know, that that's kind of that's kind of where I'm at with this. Uh you know, for those of you content creators, I, I hope y'all kind of, you know, consider the same thing as well. Um, Yeah, you got to be careful out here, man. I mean, well, you only got to be careful if you're engaged in this ultra ratchetness, right? Like me, I don't I don't have any craziness in my background, so I'm not worried about it. You know what I mean, I've never been arrested before, so I don't, I'm not worried about people 
pulling police reports up on me. Uh, I've never done anything crazy, so I, I, I'm not I'm not paranoid like that. You know what I mean? But um, but like I was saying, I just to me to to try to attain some type of success on YouTube that translates into money because you know that that's what it's about. It's about money at the end of the day. I haven't figured out how to make it pop in this section beyond where I'm currently at. And well, I have figured out why I haven't been able to make it pop. And it's the reason why is because I can't push myself to go to that extra, to take that extra step of just fully embracing the, the, the ignorant ratchet side of me. <laughs> I can't do it. You know what I'm saying? I can't do it, but I figured out how to grow my other channel. And it's just really just creating content for everybody that you can actually benefit from. You know what I mean? Based off of something that I've been doing for close to 20 years now. And that's what I've been trying to tell some of y'all. It doesn't matter what you do for a living. Uh oh, just knocked my water bottle over. It doesn't matter what you do for a living. Let's just say you work at Walmart, right? You've been working at Walmart for 10 years. You can make, I guarantee you can go out there and make you a whole channel talking about how to be a cashier, how to stock some stuff, how to do this, how to do that. Like, like I'm not even, I'm not even lying about this. Uh, I don't know anything about notifications. I never tell people to hit them or turn them on. I don't even care. I just go live when I go live. A shot to cut to the chase TV. That's a, that's a, a dude that stays in his lane does his content, gets his views, gets his money, and his channel is growing. I want to be like cut to the chase TV when I grow up, as far as YouTube is concerned. <laughs> they have time to dox people for free, but they should start a business as a private investigator. Super facts. That's actually a good idea, man. You out here doxing people. Why not start you a, a, a private investigator business? You know what I mean? It's a good idea. Um, have you scammed the black community yet? I don't think so. I'm not out here. Uh, what, what is, what does scamming mean? Um, you know, we throw that word around, like everybody likes to say Tariq Nasheed is scamming. I don't, I've never called him a scammer. Uh, grifter is more appropriate, but he, he always comes through with a product. Whether you like the product or not is another thing. Whether you believe in the product is another thing, but you can you can never call him a scammer. Umar Johnson, I'm still not 100% sold. He's scamming people. I'm still holding out faith that that school might come true one day. <laughs> I'm still holding out. I want to I want to see Umar win out in these streets. Even though I don't agree with half the crap he talks about, I still want to see the brother win. So I, I'm not I haven't I haven't, I haven't dedicated I haven't committed to calling him a scammer as of yet. But other people, I don't know if they're really scamming because, you know, they, people throw that word around loosely. But you got to look at some of the things people are offering. Is it. If, if, if you're if you're giving people money under the promise that you're going to get something in exchange and you don't get that something in exchange, then that's a scam. But based off of everybody in black YouTube that sells some type of product that people give money to. Um, I don't, I can't say that that stuff is a scam. I think people just call it a scam because they don't like the product that the person is selling. But regardless if you like the product or not, you can't say it's a scam because 
people are voluntarily getting what they choose to pay for. So like, let's just take it back to the Hidden Colors DVDs, right? Since that's like the greatest example. People love to say, oh, it's a scam. It's a scam. Well, is it really a scam? People voluntarily give him him their money and then he gives them a product. And I know it to be true because I bought the first two Hidden Colors years ago. So I didn't get scammed. I haven't bought one. I haven't bought a haven't bought a DVD. I haven't bought anything from Tariq Nasheed since, but I did buy his first two DVDs. So it wasn't a scam, but people just call it a scam because they don't like the person and or the product the person is pushing. It's like with his hidden history museum that he wants to bring to life. I don't think it's a scam. If people want to give him that money and he turn now, if people give him the money and he doesn't turn around and build that museum. Then you can call him a scam and then, you know, probably take his ass to court and all that crap. But if he turns around and builds a museum, well, it's not a scam. He came through with it. I mean, and he has a track record of coming through. He's, he's put out God knows how many DVDs, Ogun juice, socks, and uh, 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 what is it? Um, a little, what was that little white keychain, a little white, that little white doll keychain thing? You know, he's put out all this crap. So I don't consider it a scam. It's it's uh fair. Somebody said it in here. Fair exchange. He puts out a product, people pay for it. I just think people love to label things a scam because they don't like the person and or the product that the person is pushing. But it's not a scam. You know what I'm saying? So I don't I don't like I don't like calling people scammers unless they have been certified proven to be scamming people. And I'm still holding out for Umar to win. <laughs> I'm not ready to call him a scammer yet. I got, I got, I got a little faith in him. He might pull through. He's a race hustler. Well, yeah, that is his hustle. It is race. It started off with dating. Now it's race, but he still puts a product out there and people choose to buy it. They make the conscious decision to pay for it or support them. And guess what? That's the American way. You can monetize anything in America. You could turn in, you could turn woe is me into a full-blown business, which he's done. And it's a legit business. So I may not like him or his message, but I can't hate him because he's making a great living off of what he does. That's the American way, baby. Uh okay, I guess. Um, so, anyways, that, that's kind of where I'm at. But you know, anyways. For the rest of y'all out there, just understand there's way more to YouTube than black YouTube, y'all. There's a whole lot more money out there, a whole other audience y'all can tap into. I'm not telling you to give up on your dreams of being the black manosphere, the black YouTube star. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying in order to become that, you're probably going to have to turn up your ratchet meter and max max that thing out. Cause you got some, cause you got some serious ratchet competition out there in these streets. And if you're cool with that, handle your business. But if you're not cool with that, guess what? You can still get it popping in YouTube. Just create another channel. That's not ratchet <laughs> and, and focus on a topic or topics that is, is friendly to everybody. And guess what? You can make just as much money. And like I say, I'm not one of these people where I feel like I got to make all my money off black people. White people, Asians, Hispanics, they all spend money too. I want everybody's money. You understand? <laughs> I don't discriminate with the money. I don't feel like I got to just rely strictly on black folks. That's just how I personally feel. You may feel different, but that's not me. 
Um, well, listen, as long as Tariq Nasheed has supporters, it is what it is. I can't hate on the man for creating products and services that people support. I mean, listen, you may not like Tariq, and Lord knows I've given plenty of criticism of this dude to the point where he's blocked me on Twitter, right? But I've never hated on his ability to make money. That Whether you like Tariq Nasheed or not, that dude is a certified genius when it comes to making money and setting up businesses that get support. I don't care how you feel about the brother. You got to respect that about him. That brother could be like, I'm going to go out here and sell and sell dust balls under my bed. And he'll have people lined up to, to, to buy the dust bunnies under his bed. That dude is thorough with it. You know what I'm saying? You can't hate on it. So I've always respected that about him because he's done something. And he's been able to provide a great, what appears to be a great life for his wife and kids. You know what I'm saying? I ain't got nothing but respect for that. I don't agree with him or the message or the race hustling product, but I like, I like the, you know, his business acumen is on point. He knows his, pretty much he knows his market. He, he, he has mastered the art of knowing who to sell to. I put it that way. And that's something we all can learn from. You know what I mean? Whether you like them or not, good people, bad people, you can learn something from everybody. You can even learn crap from Adolf Hitler, <laughs> one of the worst human beings in history. You can learn something from him. I was, a matter of fact, I was watching a documentary on Netflix the other day. It's called How to Be a Dictator or something like that. They were talking about Hitler, Mussolini. Uh, uh, what, what's, what's that dude that was out of Africa? Um, Idi Amin. It was like basically talking about how these dudes came to power. You know, you look at Adolf Hitler. They, they ran through his background. He was a failed artist, started off in the military as, you know, you know, nobody respected him. Then somehow he moved into the political space to where he became the damn ruler of Hitler, uh, of Hitler, of, of Germany. And then we all know what happened after that. But you, there's something you can learn something from everybody, good and bad. You know what I mean? Yeah, Idi Amin. Oh, they talked about Stalin as well. Yeah. So, I mean. So, that's what I want to talk about. How long I've been on? Oh, shoot. It's been almost an hour. So, I ain't going nowhere. I'll still be around. Um, like I say, the news stories I was trying to do, like I say, shout out to my man, Akatunde Nation. I don't know how this brother does it. Reading these stories about black society was just draining the life out of me. I'm just like, oh, God, another person's killed, another woe is me story. Like, where are all the positive stories? of? Listen, when you go out there and you read the news, or you read the news websites, and listen, I've done this. It is hard to find some positive news about black people, y'all. I mean, it's hard to find some legit positive news. You got to really... You got to really go on a scavenger hunt to find some of this stuff, man. That's why I don't have a whole bunch of these stories on my site because I can't really find it. Everything is doom and gloom, police brutality, racism, some little baby got shot over here, critical race theory. We all victims. We all suffer from racism and white supremacy. I mean, that is just not that. That's like lit literally the black. 
that's the image everybody has about black Americans, not not the Africans or Jamaicans, but specifically black Americans. Right. It's hard, man, to go out there and find some positive stuff about black people. In the news. I mean, I, I know there are positive black people out there, but none of that stuff, it doesn't get any, nobody cares about it. You know what I'm saying? Like nobody legit cares about positive stuff that happens to black people. And yes, yes, the news is always negative, Dante. I get that. But I can even find positive stories about white folks and other people way more frequently than I can about black people. Like it's, it's really hard sometimes. You know what I'm saying? So, like I say, so the news be draining me. Um, it, you know, I can't really do the politics. I'm not really a political dude like that. I can't, you know, shout out to Brandon Tatum and some of them other ones. I don't know how the hell they do that day in and day out. Oh, Jesus. Or ABL. I don't know how ABL does it, man. But I guess ABL got the time and I guess that's his passion. I don't know. But I, Jesus, these politicians, man especially with this Afghanistan thing. Y'all see the news on this Afghanistan thing? So I've been all, I've been seeing people on Facebook talking about the poor Afghans and, oh, America, we, we set up, Af listen, I was in Afghanistan 10 years ago, y'all. I was in Afghanistan 10 years ago, 2010 to 2011. I was with the Afghan army, as in well, the fob I was at, stands for Ford Operating Base. I was at a FOB called FOB Wilson. They changed it to FOB Pasab. The Afghan army literally lived across the street from me. So I would see them every single day, like clockwork. And I knew 10 years ago, the moment that we pulled out of Afghanistan, the Taliban was finna come wreck shop. I knew this 10 years ago. And you're like, how do you know? So let me tell you how I know. So when I was out there on my little fob looking at the Afghan soldiers, right, they would go outside and do PT, physical training. Now, keep in mind, Afghan is a bunch of dust and dirt and rocks all over the place. We ain't got no paved roads anywhere on the fob. They out there doing PT, well, half halfway PT. They out here doing PT in some damn church shoes with hard bottoms and no socks running on the rocks. I was like, what the hell? I know they feet is all types of toe up from the flow up. Ain't no way in hell. That was clue number one. Clue number two, directly across from where my, because I lived in a tent on my file. It was called an Alaskan tent. Basically this big, let me see if I can pull up an Alaskan tent, show y'all what I was living in. But I was living rough out in, them, out in these streets, y'all. I was living like a savage. Let me show you how I was living for a whole year. I was living like a straight savage. So I lived in one of these things for a whole freaking year. Well, about six months. The first half, I lived in a, a ragtag tent. So I, I was in here about, man, about seven, eight months. We lived in one of these. Now, luckily, it was freezing cold on the inside of these things because our AC was a champion, right? So anyways, across the street from me, or a bunch of other Alaskan tents on the side of these T-walls with these little small T-walls, basically a concrete barrier. And they had a tent over there. The Afghans had a tent that stored all their ammunition. And then outside of their tent, they had a pole 
with a bullhorn on it that would play the Muslim song in the morning where basically somebody would get on the intercom at five o'clock in the morning and be like, so that, that was like my alarm clock. I never even had to set my alarm clock. Five o'clock in the morning, one of them doggone Afghans was on that bullhorn singing the Muslim prayer five o'clock in the morning. Never had to set my alarm clock because they was waking me up, right? But right in front of that tent, right in front of that doggone bullhorn was a tent. They stored all their ammunition in. We talking about thousands and thousands of bullets all over the place. Well, one day, one of them Afghans was outside smoking a cigarette. Or maybe he was inside. I don't know what the hell happened. But that cigarette set the tent on fire. Anybody want to take a wild guess as to what happened after that? All them thousands of bullets sitting inside that tent started popping. Bullets flying everywhere. So I'm directly across the street listening to bullets explode for like a whole hour going into two straight hours. I had to go out, and this happened at like 12 o'clock in the morning. I had to go outside, go to a bunker, a concrete bunker, take my pillow and go to sleep in a damn bunker for fear, for hope, hoping and praying I didn't get shot. By, by a bullet just flying. That's how careless these people are, right? Another example is every time it was time for them to go off the fob to do some type of patrol, they would, on the day that something major happened, they would never go off the base or they would be nowhere to be found as if they knew something was going to happen. They were nowhere to be found. And then all of a sudden we hear about this major explosion going off and somebody getting blown to smithereens, and then the Afghan army, they, they all looking around like, like they ain't know. Like they, they were just never nowhere to be found. And then they used to have these uh, little pickup trucks, right? And they used to have a, a saw weapon attached to it, a squad automatic weapon, right? That's what saw stands for, basically one of these things. So they used to have a saw mounted to the back of a pickup truck. So they're rolling around on a pickup truck. Somebody's standing on the back with this damn saw that's mounted to it. They're riding around with their finger on the trigger. Weapon off safe. So just imagine what's happening. You out there on these bumpy dirt roads with rocks. Every day you would hear, you would hear them accidentally bust shots because they're riding around with their finger on the trigger. So this is what so I'm saying all this to say these people were extremely undisciplined. Undisciplined. They, 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 they didn't care. I mean, I think they got too comfortable with Americans being over there fighting all their battles for them. So that's why you see the Taliban, they don't came out the damn caves and they have literally taken over the entire country in a matter of like two or three weeks. Because you got whole battalions of Afghans out there. I think that's what they call them. I don't know if they call them battalions or companies or whatever, that they just totally surrendered to the, uh, to the Taliban. As soon as the Taliban rolled up, they dropped their guns and, 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 and went on team Taliban. You know what I'm saying? These people are horrible. We don't spent 20 years, countless lives, billions of dollars, and none of it worked.
None of it worked. You know what I mean? So like I said, I was over there. I saw it with my own damn eyeballs. I lived next to these clowns for a whole year. I was like, man, as soon as we get up out of this country, Taliban finna take over. And shoot, here it is. I ain't even surprised. I am not surprised. But I tell you what, though. I tell y'all what, though. Let me, let me tell y'all something. Y'all Negroes in America, you Negroes in America, I don't, this is why I don't, I don't entertain these woe is me conversations. I don't entertain this racism crap. You Negroes here in America got it good, B. Do y'all know what these people are over there doing right now? Do y'all know that the Taliban are going house to house? They are going house to house, snatching girls out the houses, y'all, as young as 12 years old and making them get married to Taliban warfighters. They are literally, and let me tell you how they're doing it. They're going through people's houses, looking in the closets to see that to see the clothes that are in there to determine how old a girl might be in the house in case they, they got one hiding in the cut somewhere. They're snatching girls as young as 12 years old and saying, you're going to marry this grown-ass man over here because Allah said to do so. That, that's what they're doing right now. And if you don't get down with the program, they're laying you out in the streets, whole families, bullets to the back of your head. Shout out to Chief Rocker. He says, uh, spent 15 months in Kabul, worked at the U.S. Embassy as an LNO, fun times in the streets of Kabul, go Navy. I never went to Kabul. I, I was in Kandahar. You know, they've taken over Kandahar. My main base was outside of Kandahar. But they're getting busy. That's why I be hearing when, when, when black people get to crying about oppression, I be wanting to laugh and smack you at the same time. You don't know nothing about oppression. Did y'all see the did y'all see the video? Let me let me tell you how bad it is. Uh Afghan person falls off airplane. Did y'all see this? So this is a C40. This is a C uh what is this? This is a C7 or something like that. I can't remember. I've flown in one of these before, right? This thing is huge. Matter of fact, when I left Afghanistan to go on leave, I was the only passenger on this damn plane. Inside of that plane, you can fit full-blown tanks up inside of this thing, right? These things are huge on the inside. Yeah, C-17, that's what it is. So they have people so desperate to get out the country, they're literally, while the, while the C-17 is going down the runway, getting ready to taxi to take off, you got people climbing on the outside of the jet to the point where they've fallen off the plane. The plane done took off. The plane is a few hundred feet in the air, and people that were clinging to the side of it, they don't fell off the damn jet to their death, y'all. Like that's how bad it is over there. How how these people know if they can't get out of that country, they're probably gonna be slaughtered. The Taliban coming through and 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 wrecking shop over there. Women, you finna go back into property mode. No more reading. I mean that for real. They don't like women reading. They don't want you to 
getting educated. You got to wear the burkas, the, the full-blown burkas. Y'all know what I'm talking about. This right here, you're going to be walking around out there looking like this. Well, we can only look at your eyeballs. And that's a real thing over there. When you see Muslim women dressed like this, the, these women are in a, a highly conservative Muslim household. That's what this means. And they don't play this crap. These women can't even come outside the house without the permission of a man. And if they are outside the house without the permission of a man, they got to have a note. So let's just say, let's just say it's a mother. And the only man in her house is her 17 or 12-year-old son. She got to get permission from her own kid to go outside the house, y'all. Or else she risk, she will risk getting stoned to death or thrown in jail. As a matter of fact, did y'all hear about the 12-year-old in Afghan that's wanted for urinating? Did y'all hear about this kid? saw this in the news so there was this 12 year old i don't know where it's at i can't anyways i saw i saw it like a couple days ago this little this no this little eight-year-old a little eight-year-old kid he had peed somewhere pulled his pants down and peed somewhere i don't know if it was in like a church or a mosque or something do y'all know they got they got a they got they they, they trying to arrest this kid and give him the death penalty an eight-year-old kid let's see if i can find it Eight-year-old Afghan kid death penalty. This, let's see. Hold on. Where is that kid at? It was in the news. I saw it somewhere. It was a couple days ago. Hey, like y'all don't know nothing about nothing. Oh yeah, it was a Pakistani kid. My bad. Uh, here it is. A Pakistani boy. Look at this. An eight-year-old. Pakistan's right next door to Afghanistan, y'all. They, like, border each other. Eight-year-old Pakistani boy faces the death penalty for urinating in a religious school library. Like, I'm talking about they're going house to house looking for this kid to where his parents, they out here hiding him all over the damn place. I'm talking about grown men hunting an eight-year-old boy down to give him the death penalty because he peed in a building. Like, like that, that's how real it is in that part of the world. That's why when you when Negroes over here get to whining and crying, man, y'all, y'all should be ashamed of yourselves. Y'all should be ashamed of yourself, man, for, for whining and crying about the crap y'all complain about with these white people. Y'all don't know nothing about nothing. They get busy over here with the oppression. If, if the oppression were in the Olympics, the Mideast, most of them countries in the Mideast, they will be gold medal champions all day, every single day. They're not playing games out here. And if you're a woman, you're going to be looking like this in certain countries. You ain't even going to be allowed to come outside the house without a note from some male in your family. Oh, here's another thing for you women, right? Let's say you mess around as a woman and you get raped over there. You out there minding your business and some goons come up to you and, and, and sexually assault you. They're going to put you on trial for being raped. Let me, let me repeat that, right? In some of these countries, I think Afghanistan may be one of them. If you as a woman, if you get raped by some dudes 
they're going to arrest you for being raped and charge you with a crime. And you're probably going to end up going to jail. Because you shouldn't have been outside without a family member. Or let it be a family member who does that to you. You're screwed. They're going to charge you with a crime. That, that's how they do in the Mideast, y'all. Everybody likes to go to Dubai, right? Dubai is like the, the Las Vegas of the Mideast, right? Let me tell you all about Dubai. You better stay in the tourist area of Dubai, right? Do not get caught outside of the tourist area of Dubai giving your significant other a kiss on the cheek. They will lock your ass up in jail if your wife or you, or you kiss your wife on the cheek. I'm not even making this crap up. That, that's how, how strict these countries are. You with your wife in Dubai, outside the tourist zone, which means the hotel for the most part, if you get caught in public just giving somebody a kiss on the cheek, they will lock you up in jail. And I ain't talking about for the weekend. You might be in there for about four or five months. That's how it goes down in the Mideast, y'all. That's how it goes down. You know what I mean? Sharia law is for real. Some men want Sharia law. I don't know if they can handle it. <laughs> you got to be a savage to be, to, to be a believer in Sharia law. We used to go to the mall, and when I was in this country called Qatar, they took us to this mall one time. Cutter's this little tiny country. Before we got out the van, it was like, do not look at these Muslim women, especially these women right here. Do not look at them. If you look at them, it's going to be a serious problem in this mall. It might be a damn, it might turn into World War III up in that mug. Because they they take, they, this is, these aren't women. This is property with eyeballs, y'all. That they All they're here to do is pr produce babies. That's it. Nothing else, nothing more. You're here to produce kids. They're like cattle. You know what I mean? So I'm just saying, like this right here, oh, this, this will get you stoned to death. You get caught out in some of them countries looking like this, that is an automatic death sentence right there. Automatic. You're supposed to be looking like this. Head to toe. It's another, that's why y'all, y'all got to leave the house and, and, and go and go. I'm telling y'all niggas got it good over here. Negroes got it good over here, baby. Especially black women, especially women, period. But y'all don't know nothing about nothing. Till you go over to them other countries and you see how they do things. You will come back to America, kiss the ground. You will have American flags all over the damn place. You will be singing the national anthem with pride up in this motherfucker. Because you notice everybody that hate America, they ain't never left America. Go leave America and experience life over in the Mideast. You're going to come back the most patriotic person in America. You'll be like, thank the Lord I'm back here. That's how I felt when I came back. I was like, man, thank you, Jesus. I'm back in America. And I ain't got to be around these people. They on some other stuff. <laughs> they on some other stuff out there. I was, I was happy I came back to America.
I'll take I'll take police brutality over here than the crap they deal with over there any day of the week. Police brutality over here is like is like is like two kindergartners having a fist fight. <laughs> That's the equivalent of brutality we deal with. They over there, oh no, they on some next level stuff. They they chopping heads off. They literally, matter of fact, they just they just tarred somebody the other day. Afghan uh, Taliban. Cars, people. Where that? Uh, tar and feathered. Like they still tarring and feathering people out here, y'all. Seen it somewhere. They, they, they they're brutal. They're savage. They, they're, they're like stuck in the the eighth century. I, I don't know where I saw it, but they they was putting tar on people, y'all. Like these, the Taliban, they, 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 they're savages. They are savages out there. So thank y'all lucky stars. Y'all live in America. And all you got to worry about is somebody doxing you on YouTube. Cause let me tell y'all something. They take doxing. Imagine, hey, imagine the Taliban doxing. Imagine what their doxing looks like. They showing up to your house <laughs> with rocket launchers and AK-47s. And a, and, a, and a sack of rocks ready to give you the business. That's what they're doing. You want to see some ignorance? They are the champions of that. They're going to turn up for real on you. They're going to turn up. They're they going to show you how to do this, son. That's what they're going to do. I mean, they're going to lay the whole family out. And not think twice about it. All in the name of Allah. And if you kill one of them, they don't care. They're going to heaven to get like 72 virgins, as far as according to what they believe. These people are savages. Straight savages. So y'all better be glad y'all in America, because man, shit. Don't let them, don't let these little turbans, don't let none of this fool you. Don't let them hiding out in caves fool you. They will, they will, they'll run niggas off the block here in America. <laughs> they'll run niggas off the block here in America. Don't let them fool you. I don't think Pookie and Ray Ray can mess with these dudes. These dudes, y'all do know, they ran the Russians up out of, out, of, out of Afghanistan, right? The Russians were in Afghanistan for like 10 years fighting the Taliban. They ran them up out of Afghanistan. And then America comes... We there 20 years, and they just came back up out the caves and took over the country in like two or three weeks. They some savages. Pookie and Ray Ray ain't got nothing on Habib over here. I'm going to tell you that right now. Cholesterol Alley, Owen Al Jazeera, was not far from where I was at during my time. I don't know. What's Cholesterol Alley? I ain't never heard of that. What is that? Let me look that up. I never heard of that. What is that? Cholesterol. They spell cholesterol. Is that? I don't know what cholesterol alley is. What is that? Is that is that an Afghanistan thing? What is that? Iraq? I'm not. I'm not sure. I don't, I don't know what that is. You got to give me some more details on that. I don't know what that is. But they, they, but anyway, they they some savage. They some goons. They don't play. 
They do not play. I don't know how we got to talking about this, but we talking about it now. They do not play. So, you know what I mean? So, you know, thank y'all lucky stars. Y'all live in America, baby. Because if y'all was over here, shit. <laughs> shit. It's, it's, it's literally get out or lay down time in the literal sense. You going to get down or you going to lay down. That's it. Ain't, ain't no, ain't no. I remember I was in Afghanistan. There was this base. So they got they got actual warlords in Afghanistan, like like for real warlords, right? There was this particular base that one of my friends was at, this fob, and he had told me he was like um, the warlord outside of his fob. There was like they had to they had to make a deal with the warlord to keep the warlord from having the Taliban attack the base. So I was like, what type of deal he made? He was like, well, we gave the warlord permission to come on the base where he can go to our cafeteria and eat up our food. And he can come to the, to the you know, just, just kind of do what he wants to do on base. And then he was like, we, and then he, <laughs> this is how crazy it was. He was like, he was like, in addition to them, letting the warlord just come onto the base to go to the cafeteria to eat anytime he wanted. They ran an internet connection out to his house. So the warlord lives outside the base surrounded by all the Taliban. He had a direct internet connection from the base to his house so he can have access to the internet. And this was an exchange for him keeping his Taliban people in check. Because he told me one day some of the Taliban people had got out of line. They started shooting shooting guns and, and launching RPGs over the wall. They say this warlord went and found all his Taliban people, found out who the guy was that did it or, or started it all and executed this guy's entire family in front of him to get everybody else back in line. Like that's, that's some savagery for your ass right there, right? That is some savagery for your ass. This dude wanted access to our defect our cafeteria and had his own internet connection that was being paid for by us in exchange for him just keeping his people in check. And then some other some other warlords, they were taking straight cash payments over there. Like, like I remember the base I went to, the Canadians ran it first before we took over it. The Canadians were giving the, the, uh, the, the warlords straight cash payments to keep the, uh, the Taliban in check. Like here, they were literally dropping bags off of money, as in literal sense. Like literally, they would come up there with a bunch of American dollars, and give these people payments every week or every month, however they set it up, it was like, keep them in check. I mean, that's how it was, man. That's how it was. Now, the base, one of the, the other base I went to, I went to this other base called Tarankout. It was not too far from the Pakistan border. But I remember one day, I, they didn't really have like a good relationship with the people out there. So I remember one day, the Taliban, all of a sudden, we just heard these gunshots going off. AK-47s, they blasting in the air, just, just bullets. And I'm like, ooh, wow. Then all of a sudden, I was like, ooh, I need to go sit in the bunker because these bullets got to come back down. Anyways, one day, they was blasting all of a sudden out of nowhere. Like, these three Apache helicopters just came out of nowhere. It was like, it was like, you didn't even see them. Like, where the hell these things come from? Like, out of the ground? Like, where these damn things come from? They came out there. Boy, they lit them motherfuckers up like a Christmas tree that day. But if y'all ain't never seen an Apache helicopter, oh, matter of fact, let me show y'all this. Army A-10 plane. 
So I remember this, right? So, so the first base I was at was called um, Fob Wilson, Fob Taren, uh, Fob Pasab. It was in like this valley. We were surrounded by like these mountains, right? So every time a bomb go off, you could hear the echo off the mountains. And he was like, oh, God, it just sounded really loud. And there was this one particular mountain. Now, if you guys have never seen a mountain up close before, they're like they're like optical illusions. It's like they look closer than they actually are. And it's kind of hard to judge, judge the distance, how far these things are away. So anyways, I'm out, I'm out walking to work. And I, I, I see this plane fly over my base. I ain't never seen one before in, in real life. And it's flying towards this mountain. And all of a sudden, you just heard this loud sound. We I was like, what the hell is that? Basically, it was it was it was the gun, the, the gun turret on this thing was lighting somebody's ass up on the side of that mountain. So I got to my job. They were still out there for about a good 30 minutes, just giving this mountainside the business. I got on top of a damn um a damn connex and just, just put up a chair up there and just started watching the mountain get. Yo, I was literally out there sitting on top of a Connex trailer in a chair with my damn M, um, with my damn um, my damn M4 and my damn drink. I think I had like a, a uh, what I had like a soda or something. I'm sitting here looking at the mountain like I'm watching a damn movie in real time as I'm watching this damn warthog just light the side of this mountain up, and whoever was on the other side of them bullets got got handed all the business in the world. Man, it was, it was an amazing sight to see. You only get to see stuff like this in war. <laughs> ah, anyways, that, that's my that's my memories of Afghanistan. I lived in one of these right here, man. Directly across the street from the Afghan army. That was the sorriest sacks of shit I ever saw in my life. I don't feel sorry for the country getting ran over. 20 years, they ain't want to learn how to do nothing. They ain't want to learn how to do nothing. And now they're getting ran over. It is what it is, man. It's time to go. Anyways, it's time for me to go. So uh, Black YouTube, man. It's a hot mess out in these streets, y'all. Hot mess. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of losing my motivation for it. I'm thinking maybe I should just pour all my energy into my other channel because that's, that's what's making me money. It's producing real results, i.e. money. Black YouTube, I don't know what the hell I, some days I want to delete the channel, this channel. Some days I don't. I don't know. I'm going to figure it out. But I tell you what, if I get to the point on my other channels where I'm just making some serious cheese, and when I say serious money, I'm talking about money where I could potentially quit my job type of money, I might actually delete this damn channel. And y'all might not ever hear from me again. I'm going to be out there with the white folks in, 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 uh, in regular YouTube. I'm going to be a regular YouTuber, y'all. <laughs> be like Marquise Brownlee out here. You know what I'm saying? But uh, anyways, I don't know. We'll see. All right. Anyways, thanks for hearing me rant. I'll probably be on here talking about some ratchet crap later on tomorrow or something like that. I don't know. But I just had to let my feels fly because I, I got a headache watching all the, 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 the fuckery taking place in YouTube today this week. I was like, good God. Niggas is really doing this. But hey, you got to do what you got to do. I can't do it. I, I just can't take it to that level. But, you know, for those of you who can take it to that level, hey, do what you do. I just can't do it because I don't think it's really worth it to be a superstar in black YouTube like that. But that's just how I feel. Don't let my feels persuade you. Because I need a hundred thousand. Yeah, yeah, I do need to get that. Maybe one day.
I'll be happy just getting like 20,000 views a video. I'll be happy whenever I get to that level. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'll be happy when I get to the level of making just a few thousand a month off YouTube. I ain't, I'm not there yet, but I'm on my way. And you all can be on your way too. I just don't know if black YouTube is going to be the vehicle for most of y'all. So that's why I say consider other options. It's a, it's a big ocean out there, a lot of money. White folks, Asians, they all spend money the same way we spend money. If you got something useful, they ain't going to come to your channel and be like, oh, look at these black people talking about cooking and talking about IT. Don't nobody give a shit about what my race is. As a matter of fact, I did a video talking about um, why I talk about black people in, in, in relation to IT. I got white folks mad at me talking about it. I'm like, hey, I only made one, two, one or two videos. They don't even want me talking about the shit. They just want to watch my videos and give me, give me money. <laughs> I'm like, all right, give me the money. But whatever. All right, y'all, I'm about to go. Shout out to everybody. Put some money in here. Y'all be safe. Peace.